Welcome back to another long-awaited episode, at least for me, of the Corporate Cowboys Podcast. As always, my name is Alex. I am your host. A little proof of life for you. Today is Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. If you're not familiar with the form of the podcast, it's uh, oriented, it's geared toward professional development for those individuals who seek to attain that state of consummate professionalism, i.e. a corporate cowboy. W-W-C-C-D. What would corporate cowboys do? Should I I make that? Should I make that some swag? Well, today's episode is coming from r slash career advice. I'm just going to dive right into it because the body on this one is relatively long. And the title, I gather, is going to give us some juicy details in the body. So the title is stating that they were forced to resign after three weeks. Damn. Forced to resign after three weeks. Now, before I continue, I have to give you that legal disclaimer that anything you hear, anything that I say ought not to be construed as legal advice. You should not take it as legal advice to you, though you can reach out to us if you find yourself in a similar situation and you need help, you need additional perspective, you would like a professional opinion, if you will. That's what we're here for. You can find us online on Instagram at Corporate Cowboys with a Z. On Patreon, you can subscribe and ask questions there. That's the Corporate Cowboys podcast. And if you want to donate, you know, write us a little comment or something, by all means, do that. There's a couple of uh, links floating around or write to us using snail mail. That's P.O. Box 3372 Rancho Cordova, California, 95741. Damn, so forced to resign after three weeks? Like, did you even get over your probationary period? <laughs> you had a probationary period of two weeks and they fucking booted you? Week one out of probation, or or maybe you had a longer probationary period and you didn't even survive that. You know, maybe it was something arbitrary. Maybe you did something uh, uh, that you, I guess, weren't supposed to by internal policy, and they booted you out for retaliation. <laughs> Let's find out here. Let's find out. So they begin with so. I've never been in this position before. I mean, have I? Yeah, I think I did mention on a previous episode that uh, I got let go of my first day. My My first afternoon, I don't even think I clocked in for an hour and I got let go. Why, you ask? Because they didn't have a set schedule for me. They didn't have a set schedule for me. And because of that, I wanted to um, suggest a set schedule. By doing so, I was interviewing at the same time for another job that was an overnight job, right? One that wouldn't conflict with uh, this day job that I had applied for. And uh, my manager, who I'm not going to gender, but this bitch, 
<laughs> told me to take the rest of the day off, take the rest of the week off and don't come back. Actually, you know, one of those, you know what? Take the rest of the day off. Take, take the afternoon off. Take the rest of the week off. Don't come back if you're not committed. Not committed, bitch. You're not giving me a set schedule. I don't know what hours I'm working and I just started. There's supposed to be some form of training taking place. Some type of orientation for me to be able to get acclimated to the work. Learn the ins and the outs. The policies, the manuals, I got nothing. I got no instruction from this bitch. Whatever. Your boy wanted to work two jobs and your boy was denied the opportunity of doubling down or doubling up. So they start with our hypothetical client here in this case. So never been in this position before. I took a job with a significant pay bump. In hindsight, I ignored some red flags, like the HR person telling me the other interviewee was a current employee and wasn't a real candidate, and the job was mine. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, I don't know if that's a red flag. I don't know if that's a red flag. Uh, it could be a red flag if you were that current employee, right? But if, I mean, you're the applicant... You're wanting to do the most to promote yourself as a qualified, as a suitable, as strong candidate for whatever this position is that you're applying for. Unless, you know, if you're the current employee who was applying, uh, and unless you are that current employee and the position you're applying for is something managerial, something of a supervisory uh, uh, status. Why, you ask? That might be a red flag for that current employee because they're going to have some outside motherfucker come in and start ordering people around, right? Start ordering people around when they didn't make their bones. They weren't putting in work. They weren't in the trenches starting at the bottom of the ladder, right? Not, not every process not every procedure is translatable from management position to management position. Some require that they be informed by having served at least some tenure, some measurable amount of time learning the systems, learning the subordinate systems, those systems that you're going to be managing that you're going to be supervising, that you're going to be overseeing. Otherwise, you're going to come off as a fucking prick. You're not going to know your way around the work. And yet you're going to expect the employees, your subordinates, to respect your authority just on the strength of you having a title. Fuck your title. Everyone. And this has been an overarching theme of the podcast. Everyone is entry level forever, forever. And this notion of service, it goes up just like it goes out. And it goes down just like it goes in. The service is, is four-way. So 
if as a manager, you're not capable of servicing your subordinates, and that might be because you don't understand your subordinate, you don't relate to your subordinates because you've never been in your subordinates position, that is a disconnect. And that is a fatal disconnect. <laughs> but that's a tangent. That's a tangent. We don't know if we're there yet. Our hypothetical client took a job with a significant pay bump. In hindsight, they ignored some red flags like the HR person telling them the other interviewee was a current employee and wasn't a real candidate and the job was theirs. The job is mine, they said. Okay. And the employer asking me to attend training seminars while I was still at my previous job, which I did not. Uh, I think that's a red, I, I mean, it's a red flag for you because you're not getting trained. I feel like that's just a red flag in general. The fact that you couldn't negotiate to attend these training seminars when until after you had left the position you were in currently, right? Especially if it's mandatory training, especially if it's paid training. I mean, it's the type of training that we would think, we would like to believe is going to set you up for success in your career to come. And they did not. That to me is just a red flag. How you managed to fumble the bag in negotiating your time with them by not going to this training, I mean, that says a lot. It does say a lot. <clears throat> they continue then. Yesterday, I was called into the office and told it wasn't a good fit. It's been three weeks. I had no indication of this at all. I feel like... <laughs> yeah, they may I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to go ahead and highlight one of those red flags, which honestly is just you not attending the training, right? To know that you're not a qualified fit for the organization. Sure, you might have some relevant experience, but if you duck out on the training or if you can't find a way to communicate professionally and postpone that training until you can dedicate your full attention, your full and undivided attention to learn the job before you work the job. You're setting yourself up for failure. You wouldn't be a good fit in my crew. Let me put it to you that way. You don't show up for the training. I mean, why would I even wait two weeks to keep you on? I wouldn't wait one fucking pay period. I wouldn't. I would not wait one fucking pay period, not even a day. You don't make the mandatory training. Again, we don't know if it was mandatory. If it was, all the more reason they're letting go of you. They're letting you go. <laughs> all the more reason they're letting you go. They say, I had no indication of this at all. Adjust zero to 100 right away. What the fuck does that mean? Zero to 100, the, the pace of the work, you couldn't keep up with it, or just zero to 100 where they gassed your ass. They just put the pedal to the metal. One moment you, were, you weren't thinking of the chopping block, which is zero, the next moment your head's fucking rolling. Zero to 100, mashing the gas on you. 
<laughs> mashing the accelerator on you. No, they said, no, in quotes, you are too aggressive in trying to change things. So this is your warning to knock it off as you're in probation. Oh, he, they're saying that they didn't even receive a warning. There was, there was none of that, hey, you're being too aggressive with trying to change the things. This is your warning. You're still in probation. Knock it the fuck off. They received no warning, no previous warning. It feels like they just didn't like me or my style of work. But three weeks isn't nearly enough time to decide anything. I... <laughs> three weeks is too much fucking time to find that you don't fit because you didn't take on the training. I, again, I'm, I'm harping. I'm harping on the fact that you missed out on the training because... I mean, why would you want that warning? Like you're being too aggressive. I think the warning would have come more subtly, like uh, them trying to guide you on something that should have popped up in the training or them saying maybe even a snide remark that you missed the training because you did miss it, right? You're already starting off on the wrong foot. I don't understand how you expect it unless... Unless you know how to finesse, unless your networking prowess is unmatched, I don't see how you missing the training to get acquainted with the work, to get acquainted with the company, to get acquainted with your colleagues. I don't see how you missing an opportunity to lay the proper foundation for success, I don't know how you missing that surprised you. <laughs> Surprises you when they later tell you that, sorry, you don't fit in. They gave you two, they gave you a whole ass pay period. And uh, in that time, I mean, the hypothetical client isn't telling us that they went out of their way to learn the procedures. They went out of their way to ask relevant questions of their colleagues or or their subordinates to learn more about uh again we don't even know what level of employee they are i mean if they're entry level if they are entry level then the shit is at will essentially if they're salaried it may or may not be at will but more often than not they are at will and they can let your ass go without any fucking notice they're entitled to Unless, unless your employment agreement reads otherwise. That is also an overarching theme of this podcast. Read what the fuck you sign. Shit, if the agreement wrote that the training was mandatory and that you must attend, they've got all the reason there to let you go. Three weeks being too much? the fuck out of here three weeks is they kept you on too long dog you probably should have let yourself go they probably didn't expect you to show up the first day and if the corporation is big enough you showing up and working putting in this good faith effort quote unquote i mean they probably felt bad and threw you a bone but <laughs> but they're well within your right to let you go
So they continue, but three weeks isn't nearly enough time to decide anything. I broke no rules. I violated no policies, did nothing unethical. I treated my staff with dignity, respect, and kindness. The only thing I did was, hold on, the only thing I did was aggressively push for staffing and funding the moment I got my arms around the state of the department. Mmm. Mmm. That's dense. That's fucking thick. We gotta unpack that. We gotta unpack that. In those three weeks, did you even have enough time to review the rules, the policies, the ethics? (laughs) The only thing... You treated your staff with dignity, respect, and kindness. And then in three weeks, you aggressively push for staffing and funding the moment you get your arms around the state of the department. The moment? You serious? The moment. All right. Well, still, you got some options. You got some options depending on exactly what your position is here. But three weeks is too little time to establish the kind of rapport that you could have laid, that you could have seeded, that you could have planted and cultivated in, what was it, the uh, attend training seminars that you could have cultivated in those training seminars. We don't know how long they were. I was going to, I was going to counter with, uh, the alternative period of time, which the seminars could have helped you cultivate a reputation so that the moment that you arrive, you were able to peep this, peep game. You were able to analogize, compare and contrast the state of your department with what you learned in the training seminars. You don't just want to walk in and be like, oh, The state of this department is deplorable. No, 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 no. You want something concrete. And it's going to be through the rules, through the policies, and through the ethics, through the manuals, through the training, through the seminars. And all of that information, all that knowledge, you fucking missed. You didn't even attend. What gives you the right? What gives you the right to demand this kind of change? When I'm going to argue it's unjustifiable. Sure, you might have some reason and it might be defensible. But even if you have some reason and it is defensible, you need a fuck ton of finesse. I'm telling you, you need to be a hustler to not only justify you missing out on the training, but promote the change you're looking for, to be like an active change agent, to get in and immediately start slitting necks. I mean, okay, maybe <laughs> maybe not slitting necks, but kicking ass, because that's essentially what you're trying to do is get into this position and start kicking ass, demanding staff, demanding, re- who the fuck are you? We hired you and you're telling us how to run the position It might be run shit. 
it might run like shit. But a consummate professional knows that justifications, it's the justifications for change that persuade, that convince people. It's not just because, oh, I, ha I, want, I want this change because I have a reason. I want this change because uh, I have a reason and, and uh, it's got to be done now. Nah, nah. We don't, we don't give a fuck. We don't respond to that. Unless, I'm telling you, unless you have the, the gift, the kind of gift of gab that piques people's interest. So, yeah, the, the, this person says, the only thing I did was aggressively push for staffing and funding the moments I get my arms around the state of the department. I don't know, that's, that's written kind of pompously, kind of arrogantly. It's probably not even written correctly. So they write, I feel absolutely crushed, like my career is ruined. <laughs> Three weeks into this shit and your career is ruined. <laughs> I work in public. You work in public administration and you're out here demanding staff and resources without no, without any justification, without any rapport, without any credibility. They just hired your ass on. And you and you're expecting them to up the staff and up the resources on demand. Nah. Good riddance. Good fucking riddance. They got rid of you. They, I mean, you might have had a good idea, a bright idea. But the way you pursued it, I mean, shit. If you think you can take this idea private and then uh, introduce it by way of license or, or a process to uh, this public entity, do that. Do that. You want to run shit your way? Do that. Make your own process and sell it back to the motherfuckers. I mean, they probably got the funds and the resources, the staff that you, that you were asking for, that you were asking about, but you went about it all the wrong way. You <laughs> I mean, I would put you at maybe six months, because, I mean, you don't want to go a year for a good idea to go stale, right? I mean, from zero to six months, take the first three months, take the first three months to really get a handle on the state of the department. Treat this shit like quarters to get a handle on the department, how it runs, how it operates, the policies, the procedures. Learn that bitch inside and out. You care about your career so much, well, look at you. Look at you, look at you, look at you. Took you less than three weeks to shit all over your own career when you could have taken three months to shore up all of your justifications and then from three to six months start pulling on people's ears, start getting people's attention, start pulling the strings. From zero to three, you're networking. From three to six, you're making fucking moves. But, <laughs> but hey, the fuck do I know? I'm just a corporate cowboy, right? I'm just a corporate cowboy. 
who's made a living doing exactly this. So, <laughs> and it's not even a public administration. This, this recipe for success works in a multitude of organizations. But you have to understand, it's, a, it's the social psychology that exists within organizations. You act like I'm just going to show up and in three weeks be rocking the boat for money? Be rocking the boat for staff? Staff for me. For me. Not even staff and resources for another department where I, I might have recognized that they could use the additional help and, and or, or, or staff and resources for my manager. No, no, no. Staff and resources for my own department. Like I'm a selfish, like I'm a selfish prick motherfucker. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Fucking <laughs> kiss yourself goodbye, man. Kiss your fucking career. I mean, I, if anything, I hope this was a, a lesson, a learning lesson, a lesson in professional ethics. Because, yeah, you might have not violated any company ethics, but did you violate professional ethics? Absolutely. Absolutely. At what point in time do we hear, and we would ask these questions of, our hypothetical clients, if we had them in real life, if we had them face-to-face, we'd be asking them, at what point in time did they consult with colleagues? Did they consult with supervisors? Did they consult with subordinates about these potential changes in staffing and funding that they were seeking? Whether or not they've been sought out before, what the success or outcomes of those attempts were, you got to get the fuck over yourself. You, <laughs> would you think you're the first one with a bright idea to go against the status quo? I've done it. And I've gotten cut out the picture. And others have done it to me. And unfortunately, even if it was a good idea, I've had to cut them out of the picture too. Right? It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. And sometimes it's a vicious circle. There have been instances where... In retrospect, I regret cutting those people out. But the way they pursued it, the way they pursued it, to me, told me that they were not leadership material. And this person, it doesn't sound like leadership material. A leader is involved. A leader is involved. They're not just bossing people around. Yeah, sure, a leader leads, but a leader is still part of the team and is involved in the work the team produces. And it's, a, it's fucking teamwork. So, nah, I mean, three, three weeks, the staff you have now probably doesn't even know your fucking name after three weeks. Again, you know, with an asterisk, you, that depends on the size of your department and how many people are under your span of control. <laughs> <laughs> three weeks give me a fucking break they say they say i feel absolutely crushed <laughs> like my career is ruined i work in public administration good another fucking bureaucrat without a job a piece of shit bureaucrat at that couldn't even couldn't even politic correctly definitely not a diplomat fuck that motherfucker true they say i wasn't fired what do you mean you weren't fired you got terminated you were fired 
they say they say true i wasn't fired but people in the public sector around the area knew about it that day god damn you were fired you were absolutely fucking fired hours after i resigned oh you resigned how the, <laughs> okay how, how did you get you're forced to resign after three weeks I don't know. To me, it sounds like you were terminated. And even then, I might wait to get terminated. You feel me? Uh, Whether or not three weeks is enough time for you to get unemployment until you... Because now you're without a job. You resigned. You're without a fucking job and nothing lined up. Again, we would inquire with the hypothetical client if they have funds that will tithe them over. Some form of savings, right? That they could live and that they could live off of, eat off of until they get a job <laughs> i doubt it might be in public administration and i doubt it'll be in the same city god damn bro ah uh, they say true i wasn't fired so they resigned okay but people in the public sector around the area know about it that day hours after i resigned i feel like i'm not hireable because everyone assumes I was fired, even if I resigned. Well, yeah, dog. It sounds like you got aired the fuck out. It sounds like you got... Let, okay, look, let, let, let's go back here. Let's go back. They say... They write, yesterday I was called into the office and was told I wasn't a good fit. It's been three weeks. I had no indication of this at all. It sounds like you got fucking fired, bro. Sounds like you got fired. If anything, they just accepted your resignation so that they wouldn't give you benefits. And even then, you could probably argue a case that, uh, you know, with, <laughs> with, the, with the employment, uh, what's it called? Employment and Disability, De- Employment Development Department, that you were entitled to uh, unemployment benefits because... It was a forced termination or a coerced termination. Some fucking bullshit. I'm sure it's it's administrative in nature, but uh, you could figure it out. Or I mean, maybe you can't. If <laughs> I'm not bagging on you, I'm just emphasizing. I'm exposing the error in your ways. I mean, if if at no point in time this made you laugh if at no point in time this made you laugh it's because you're salty about it it's because you you still have this sense of it's unrighteous indignation honestly because really three weeks fam a a career in public administration and you don't know how public administration works are you what a joke of a career fucking joke of a career sounds like i'm just tearing this person down but again we only have so much to go off of, and I'm making a lot of these more, these more uh, uh, critical inferences. They're not negative; they're more critical inferences because these are inferences that we would be relying on if we couldn't ask the hypothetical client any of these questions. So they're right. I feel like I'm not hireable because everyone assumes I was fired, even if I resigned. So even after you have resigned, everyone believes you got fired because that shit spread like wildfire. So why wouldn't they, right? And to boot, they say, to boot, I called my old employer and they basically said some people weren't happy with how I left in my last few days. 
even though I gave them five weeks notice. Why would you give them five weeks? Even though I gave them five weeks notice. Turns out he had really heard from two people that I was now unemployed. <laughs> Basically, I'm reeling here and feel completely out of control and that my career is completely fucked. Thank you for listening. They write. <laughs> yeah. Damn, fam. I feel like uh, five weeks is extremely generous. You you left out like a pushover and then you want to come crawling, literally come crawling back to them because you couldn't seal the deal. You couldn't be a professional at your other workplace where you had apparently taken a job with with a significant pay bump. Damn, you, you didn't know how you didn't know how to properly properly cultivate a professional reputation and cultivate this trust cultivate that professional trust that professional rapport that your subordinates would rely on from a leader that your colleagues would rely on from an associate and that your superiors would rely on from a prospective leader in order to in order to justify this request, a request, not a demand, because this motherfucker writes aggressively push, which to me sounds like a demand, but you could make it a, for a formal request and even present it with metrics, quantifiable and qualifiable metrics as to why an increase in staff and funding is justified. But again, that's more higher level thinking that clients retain us for when they are plotting and planning their moves through corporate through any organization that's got a hierarchical composition take care of yourselves catch you next time